0: As-Salamu alaika, wa ala rasulillah wa wa sahbihi wa man alhamdulillah And that to dovetail off of what was mentioned And that the really, the in true importance of these gatherings That they are sustenance for Our hearts and our souls And our spirits (coughs) They're sustenance for our innermost secret And that they are a means for us To fulfill our purpose here on earth And it is in these types of gatherings That we are reminded Of what is truly important And what we hope is Is to seek provision from them That remains with us And that is not just a moment of joy and of bliss and of that beautiful spiritual experience, but something that transforms us at the very essence of our being and leads us to to exactly what was mentioned, is to make a contribution based upon our own unique principles that unquestionably, undoubtedly, unequivocally will lead to the betterment of everyone's state around us not only ourselves and our family, but our neighbors, people of our faith, people of a different faith. This is a truth. And the more that we live up to what needs to be done, is that the more that people will witness this very truth. And one of the greatest ways that we can do this is to mention those great men and women who came before us, who are means for us to ultimately connect to the Prophet himself, who is a means for us to connect to Allah Jalla Allah, from His mercy, sent Prophets and Messengers. He could have, if He wanted to, subhanahu wa ta'ala, just given us an intellect and let us figure everything out for ourselves. Out of His mercy, He sent Prophets and Messengers. But think about the blessing of that is that they were human beings like us who walked on the face of this earth. However, they were different from us insofar as they received revelation from Allah Jalla And He protected them and He gave them these great traits whereby which they were able to fulfill the mission that they were endowed with from their Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of them were protected from sin before and after receiving prophecy. That all of them were people that were trustworthy. All of them were people that were truthful. All of them were people that were intelligent. All of them conveyed the message as it was received. That in a completely perfect way that Allah Ta'ala enabled them to do this. And that Alhamdulillah, the fact that we're still here, that reflecting upon that the Prophets and Messengers that came before us, and specifically reflecting upon the Imam of the Inbiya and the Mursaleen, Sayyidina Muhammad Wasallam, is testimony itself to this very truth. And the Prophet's teachings will always remain until the Day of Judgment One of the poems that we recited was a poem about the Blessed Wife of the Prophet Wasallam, And... I can't remember if we have talked about the meanings or not, but even if we have, is that no matter how many times that we speak about them, that it's almost <laughs> as if you hear them for the first time when you really reflect upon their meanings. And I highly recommend that as we're reciting them, that you follow along that... Well, actually, that one's not translated, so we have a project to do to see Muhammad said to get these done. And so now that I've said this publicly, we're going to force ourselves to do it. some of the other ones have translation. But I wanted to look at a few of these meanings because they're so sweet and they're so beautiful. And they are celebrating the great wife of the Prophet ﷺ, Sayyidina Khadija al-Kubra, that had so many incredible traits. And one of the greatest traits was her loyal and faithful commitment to helping the Prophet ﷺ convey the message. Is that there is that no woman in history that ever helped a Prophet convey the message like this great noble woman. She was someone that was there from the very beginning. And after the Prophet himself, she is the very first believer. And she is the one that supported our Prophet ﷺ and stood by his side and that bore the struggle with him, that right next to him, that for much of his life, him to the extent that in the year that she, that returns to Allah Jalla جلال Jalalu is that it is called the year of sadness. Not just the day of sadness, not just the week of sadness, not just the month of sadness, the year of sadness. Because how much, that our Prophet loved her, sallallahu alayhi wa and how dear she was to him because of everything that she did in this short spiritual poem. It encapsulates some of these great meanings. And it begins by that recognizing she is someone that we ask Allah through. And this is what is called tawasul. This is the way in Hadramaut that they refer to one of the ways, al Khadija al-Kubra. And that they call her Hababa Khadija. And so we ask Allah Ta'ala through Al-Hubaba. al mustataba And her blessed daughter Sayyida Fatima Al-Batul Al-Zahra. She is the Batul, she is the one who that turned away from anything that was going to distract her from our Lord. And focused upon the worship of Allah Jalla جل Jalalu and all of its different manifestations. And then the prophet and his companions in hopes that the prayers that we'll be making, that they be answered. So how does it start?. She was the greatest of all of the prophet's wives in stature. Minhu Amran is that she received from him a command: Shababa. That she herself sought marriage with Ahmed and such that she benefited from him from the time that he was a young man. Keep in mind, is that Sayyid Khadija after she saw that who the Prophet was when he was carrying out her commerce for her is that she herself sent someone to see that were he to accept my hand in marriage. And this is amazing. Even though that she was a widow in a that twice over, but still and fifteen years older than the Prophet Sallallahu is that she sought the Prophet's hand in marriage, and he that married her Sallallahu But then, what are the, some of the things that she did? Ma'aluha qad anfakatu her wealth she just freely spent it. Walitaha wahabatu and that she just gave it for the Prophet Taha. The third hu is that she shrouded him and she covered him, hawanat anhu siaba, and she comforted him when he was going through difficulties. She was right there next to him, comforting him, bearing some of those difficulties on his behalf, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And as a result, qad haba bushra, Allah Taala gifted her a great glad tidings. وَعَلَتْ ذِكْرًا وَفَخْرًا And that her mentioning was lofty and so was her glory. dunya She attained the utmost felicity in this world. And the next, أَسْلَمَتْ قَبْلَ الصَّحَابَةِ She became Muslim before all of the other companions. And what was this Bushra? It was that that through the Archangel Gabriel Conveyed to the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu That Allah Jalla جل Jalalu Conveyed His salam to Sayyidina Khadija And that is mind-blowing <laughs> if you think about that That Allah Jalalu جل That conveyed His salam to Sayyidina Khadija Al-Kubra فَوْقَهَا إِنَّ فِي الْجَنَّةِ ahra Is that indeed for Khadija There will be a great palace in paradise and she is very deserving of this. And the divine gifts will continuously outpour upon her the way that rain that pours out on the earth. حازت, that she receives salam from Allah and she attained the contentment of Allah and that she will be safe from all of the terrors, i.e., on the day of judgment. She will not be fearful that when everyone else is being reckoned. Why? Because of everything that she did. Asharat Taha Nabina, she spent time and lived with and took the companionship of Taha, our Prophet, Anjabat Minhul Benina, and she gave birth to his children. And of the seven children of the Prophet, six are from Sayyidah Khadijah. Is it the four daughters? and that the two sons. And then, الطيبين, That what were they referred to? الْكَثِيرِ الطيبين. There were many great, pure, and noble children. sadat shi'aba, Which is a metaphor for that the Prophet's lineage that would continue on and to keep flowing. And this is a reference to the Ahlul Bayt al-Tahir, the blessed family of the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ, whose lineage continued through Sayyidina Khadija al-Kubra, that with Sayyidina Fatima zahra and Sayyidina Ali ibn Abi Talib Sayyidina Hassan and Hussain, and then on. And you have the Ahl al-Bayt and you have the al-Bayt. And although there's a difference <coughs> of opinion, generally speaking, the Ahl al-Bayt are the offspring of Sayyidina Hassan and Sayyidina Hussein from Sayyidina Ali and Sayyidina Fatima. And then the al-Bayt is that broader than that, and depending upon that, which opinion we follow, that it relates to the believers of that the tribe of Muttalib and Hashim. And some say just that of that Bani Hashim. And that then, that the po- that Habib Ahmed Muhammad Mahdar, who wrote this, that he says that um, uh, Allah Ta'ala singled her out. With a special That grace That continued on Zada He kept increasing her In great gifts and That she will experience In the highest levels of paradise And then he eventually Goes on to say ha fu'adi Is that the mentioning of her Brings my heart to life And if we're true believers Just hearing that blessed name Sayyida Khadijah Your heart will come to life If you're sad, you'll become happy Is it if you're troubled, is that your troubles will go Just by mentioning that name Were we to know who she is Just the mere mention of her name Our heart would change And our heart would come to life And if that's not happening We have to work on ourselves And come to know her And invest the time So that we know who Sayyidah Khadija really is So that this can happen to our heart she is my pillar and she is my support. And so, not just for the Rasul. Why? Because the Prophet's wives are like mothers to us. And for the Ummah, not just her family, the entire Ummah, the doors open to have a connection to Sayyidil, to Sayyidil Khadija al-Kubra. And look what he says: This is how they view these things, this is real. This is not just putting words together because it sounds good and it sounds nice when you recite it. This is real. And they mean this. The love of her on the day of Hashur, which is the day of resurrection, where every soul will be resurrected to a common plane, where every single person will be judged and wait for it to be called out before all of creation, let so-and-so, the son of so-and-so, stand up for their judgment before Allah in front of everybody. Everybody will witness the judgment on that day of every single human being. And all of the deeds that we hid in this world will be weighed before everyone on that day unless that our Lord veils us, subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is real. And what is he saying is that my love for her is my provision on this day of resurrection. This is my provision. And these are people, yes, of course, that they learned and they put the knowledge into practice, that they avoided the prohibitions, they fulfilled the commandments, they did what they were supposed to do. They were people of taqwa, of course. But this is how they viewed the importance of love. It's not just something that we get together and, oh, we're going to be goofy Sufis that speak about love. This could not be further from the truth. No, this will help you when you are in most need, yom al-Qiyamah. And when people realize when they die and they meet their Lord, is that these moments that we are spending in gatherings like this will be some of their most precious moments of all. These are not my words. These are the words of the people that know. This is very real. This is realer than even me saying it is real. We will realize this on Yom Kiyamah. Is that how weighty it is in the scales to love Sayyidah Khadijah Kubra? and to love Sayyidina Fatima and al-Butul al-Zahra, and to love the Ahlul Bayt Rasulillah, and to love the Sahaba and the Tabi'een and the Awliya of the Ummah and the Ulama, Al-Aminin, and all of these people that we know that we're supposed to love. And at the top of the list, Sayyidina Muhammad, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we will see with our own eyes Yom Al-Qiyamah how serious this really is and how real it is. And we will have wished is that we put more effort in. We would have wished that we would have done more to receive that love here and now While we still can do something about it When we're in this world <inaudible> This is my provision On the day of resurrection he? <inaudible> and through this love <inaudible> I hope to receive reward from Allah I hope to be recompensed For whatever it is that I did And then he ends with a du'a First, he asks Allah Ta'ala for a nadra. And in the other poem that we recited, Allah Yalla bi it's also asking Allah ta wa Ta'ala for a gaze. And that when we ask Allah Ta'ala for a gaze, what we're really asking for is that He bestows mercy upon us. Mm-hmm. Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. Rabbana nas'alak nadra. That our Lord, we ask you for a gaze. Tashfi'anna al madarra. That will that remove from us all hardship, to and it will quickly bring about things that bring us joy, la Turafina ka'aba, and no longer will any tribulations remain relation to us. Arina wajhar bless us to see the face, the countenance, the radiant presence. ...of Sayyidina Muhammad, the Messenger of Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam... ...and of Sayyidina Khadija and of Sayyidina Khadija ...and of Sayyidina Fatima wa of Zahra Al-Fahuli. And the children of Sayyidina Fatima and of Al-Zahra... ...Sayyidina Hassan al-Husayn, and by extension... ...the great imams from Ahlul Bayt Rasulullah... ...Rabbi Ajil Bil-Ijaba... ...O oh Lord, we ask you to quickly answer all of our prayers. These poems are extremely rich... And that subhanallah Is that when we recite them Is that we want to recite them With energy And we don't want to doze off We don't want our mind to roam We want to focus And if you don't know all the detailed meanings It is sufficient for you Just to think about Sayyidina Khadija And just imagine who she was And what it is that she did Bring to heart what you know about her And bring to heart A longing to meet her A longing to receive that her shafa'ah and her intercession, and if any one of us ever is blessed to go to Umrah or to go to the Hajj, and you go to that Makkah al-Mukarramah, is that you should definitely go visit Sayyidah Khadija al-Kubra. And she's buried in the great Mu'alla cemetery. And we should go visit Sayyidah Khadija. Because our Prophet himself from his wafa' and how loyal he was to her, is that he used to pitch his tent when coming back to Mecca Near Sayyidah Khadija Even though that she'd returned to Allah Jalla Jalala. But this is the way that our Prophet was When people went out of their way for him Oh my goodness What do you think then that you're going to receive from the Rasul? Is that if you did just sacrifice everything for the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam What do you think that you're going to receive in return from him? We have a hadith that indicate is that man that ma'rufan min bayti, ana whoever does something good for one of my family members and they are unable to recompense him, I will recompense that person myself on the day of judgment, directly from the Rasul himself, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And it extends also to his ummah. One of the greatest ways that you can bring happiness to the heart of the Rasul is by taking care of his ummah, by serving his ummah, by teaching his ummah. And that, inshallah ta'ala, we will just mention one further etiquette of futubah, which relates to everything that we just mentioned. Because is that taking care of the ummah in order to do so, is that there are that certain internal traits that you have to have and then outward things that you have to do. And that this trait actually fits very well that with this discussion and so Imam sulami says It is from futuwa to show compassion to your brothers and to look after them and to take care of them. Al-Muwasah that a literal translation is to share your possessions with them. And in general, you could say, it's to take care of someone, to assist them, to support them. And the hadith that Imam al mentions, that is related by Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, that says, is at one time that I was traveling with the Prophet ﷺ, and then that a man came who was riding his camel, and that he started to look to the right and left. Literally it says, There's a that debate about what exactly that means. But one of the meanings potentially is he started to look to the right and look to the left. The Prophet perceived this. And he realized that this man was in need. Is that the camel that he was riding upon or the riding beast, whatever, the animal that he was riding upon... Is that was weak and it wasn't able to move very quickly, and the Prophet realized this, so he immediately said, <laughs> That whoever has an extra riding animal, riding beast, is that let him give it to the one who does not have an animal to ride upon. Well, man kana and whoever has extra provision, let him distribute that provision to someone who does not have provision. And that the narrator then says is that the Prophet went on to mention that all different types of wealth and property until they said, Hatta, so it reached the point that he went on to mention so many things, the Prophet's, that they felt that. Anything extra, even if we owned it, we had no hak, we had no right to it. Is it everything extra? We have to give away. Now the Prophet is mentioning this by way of encouragement. It's obviously not an obligation except in certain circumstances. But this was the way our Prophet was doing, was that indicating to us the importance. And look at that practical point. If that you and I have anything that is extra. okay. Even if we can't give 100% of what we have extra away, which was what the Prophet did. We know in his shama'il that he tended to, that when he would receive a new garment, he would give his other garment away. And we do know that he had different clothes for different occasions. However, this was in general his sunnah wasallam. He did not sleep at night until he distributed all of his wealth so that he could completely rely upon Allah even though for some of his families is that he gave them for provision for extended periods of time but in his own right this is how he was we might not be able to live up to that and we can't but a percentage of what we have extra we should give this whole idea that no matter how many new clothes that you get I'm going to keep everything I'm going to put it into boxes and I'm going to put it into storage and I'm going to put it in the attic. At least if you don't think you're going to wear it, give it away to someone that will wear it. Is it a percentage? If we can't do 30 or 40%, let's do 20% or 10%. Or that to some degree, things that we have that are fadl, i.e., extra, is that let's try to get in the habit. By following the Sunnah of our Prophet ﷺ and showing compassion for our brothers and sisters in religion and in humanity, is that we learn to give things away little by little, and we learn to take care of other people, and to that, literally share our worldly possessions. <clears throat> And uh, this is something that is important. This is from the Sunnah of our Prophet ﷺ. And he was very aware of the state of people. And closely related to this, there's also a hadith narrated in the collection of that Imam Abu Dawud. Is that the Prophet ﷺ, while they were traveling, so you can imagine, they're traveling in a group. It's like a caravan. Some people are walking, some people are riding horses, other people are riding camels. Some, you can just imagine, there's different people with different abilities, Is that the Prophet used to go to the that back of the caravan to check upon the people that were traveling that last Mm. and to see how they were doing. Fayuzjid Daif is that he would slowly then help the people that were weak and moving slowly keep moving along. And some of them is that he would even put them on his own riding beast. But he would take care of him. He didn't just move quickly. And that it's not a hadith, but they say Siru Biseiri Adafikum is that travel with the pace of the weakest or the slowest among you. This is very, very important, is that when you have a group is that you want to take the interests of the group into consideration? The more we can do this, the closer we are to the Sunnah of our Prophet. ﷺ. Is that Uthman ibn Abd al As, who when the Prophet ﷺ set him up as the Amir of Ta'if, one of the last pieces of advice that he gave him was, Ya Uthman, O oh Uthman, tajawaz fi salah. Is that follow the middle way in prayer. Is that take care of of people according to the weakest among them. Because indeed that you have people there that are old, you have people that are young, you have people that are sick, you have people that came from a distance, you have people that have needs. All of this to indicate to us the importance of that being cognizant of the people that are around us, what beauty this is. What beauty this really is, that were we to meet the Rasul and you to see one of these character traits, you would melt. Let alone that all of them combined and it is for this reason is that those that spent time with him sallallahu alaihi wasallam it was impossible for them to do so without falling in love with him but by mentioning the stories we can also do so and then we will see what that love really means on the day of resurrection how heavy it truly is in the scale and we will realize is that this bidah hasana and this good custom of coming together to recite the Mawlid and to sing the praises of Sayyidina Muhammad was one of the very best ways after performing the obligations that we could spend our time here on earth. May Allah ta'ala give us tawfiq bless us in all of our affairs, open up the doors of His mercy to us and fill our hearts with the love of Him and the love of His Messenger. And bless us with Kamar al-Muta'abat al Rasul and wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam alayhi wa sallam Alhamdulillah Rabbil alamin I apologize for going for so long